Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. I'm continuing my series today on First Love Fire. This is going to be part eight. And so if you're tuning in now for the first time in part eight, you should probably go back, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, CharismaPodcastNetwork.com, the app, Charisma Plus app, no matter where you're streaming from, Audible, Google Play, uh, make sure to go back here on some of these episodes. I've got literally, you've, you've missed seven parts if this is the first time you've tuned into this series. And so it's important to lay that foundation for you. And so just go ahead and click one and then go through the list here. But part eight, I'm talking about another hindrance that we experience commonly as believers when it comes to losing our first love, the passion that we once had. You know, I talk about honeymoon phases and how that's a lie that we believe which, yo, this guy's just on fire, you know, he just got newly saved, but then now we're just supposed to go back to a passionless Christianity, which is not how we're supposed to operate, and it's not biblically accurate, and so I'm breaking this down, I laid a foundation here, and then I, you know, most of the episodes I've been going into different hindrances, there's many different hindrances that we could experience in our lives that could cause our love to grow cold for the Lord Jesus, and so I want to highlight these so that we can navigate around them, and then I'm going to have an episode that talks about returning to our first love, and how the Lord actually gives us a biblical formula for that, and so this is part eight, today I'm going to talk about grappling with sin issues. And this is huge in the body. And so many people grapple with certain sin issues in their personal lives. And a lot of times they're battling alone. They're not letting anyone in on their struggles and what they're going through. And because of that, uh, sin is thriving in the darkness and they are doing their best to overcome. But a lot of the times transparency and um, humility is causes a release of God's grace in our lives to really overcome and rise above when it comes to struggling with sin issues. People are fighting in the dark and it wears them down and many wind up giving up in general because it seems impossible. And so many people just think, I can't do this Christian thing. I can't get over these specific sins, this or that. And because of that, I'm just going to go back to the way I was. Since apparently I'm a failure at this and God's probably upset with me or disgruntled with me. First of all, that's a a horrible understanding of who God is and his nature because we need to confidently come before his throne of grace to find mercy and grace to help in times of need. He is a high priest that sympathizes with our weaknesses. He knows what we're struggling with. He died and to win our hearts. He knew exactly all of our sins from you know day one to the day we die and we see him face to face. He knows all of our sin issues and he still died for us the same and he still proclaimed his love and he still asked if we would marry him. He is, he is the bridegroom and we are the bride. He still brought us into union with God knowing all of our sin issues. He died for all of our sins past, present, and future. If he did not die for our future sins and our present struggles, then Jesus would need to come again and die again for present and future sins. And so all of your sins have been forgiven under the blood of Jesus. Jesus because of his finished work. Now we need to allow, we need to receive that grace so we can have a clean conscience. The, the word of God says in the book of Hebrews that the blood cleanses us from an evil conscience. The blood wasn't for God. It was for us. All right. The blood of Jesus was from God, but not for God. It was for us so that we could be cleansed of an evil conscience. This is deep theological stuff. If you go through Hebrews, you'll be able to see it layered out in that book. And so when it comes down to it, this is vital you know, the good the good news is, honestly, if I'm just going to be 100%, the good news is Christianity is impossible. In your own strength and abilities, you won't be able to uphold the high standards of the law and the teachings of Jesus. You know, Jesus said, hey, Moses told you not to kill, but I say, don't be angry with your brother. 
You know, Moses said, don't commit adultery. I say, if you think about a woman or a man in a lustful way, then you've already committed adultery in your heart. Jesus always brought it back to the heart issue. And so it is impossible for us as human beings to fulfill the law and even abide by the very words and teachings of Christ and the edicts of the apostles, the things that they taught and commanded us. We cannot accomplish this thing in our own abilities. That's why Jesus fulfilled the law through his perfect obedience. He rose above the temptation of sin and our behalf. He said no to the lies and the temptations of the enemy. He yielded perfectly in obedience to his heavenly father so that we can live by his faith and his strength. And so this is this is key. This is having a Christ-centered theology. And that's what I'm trying to say here in this first love series. I do not want to make it seem like you need to be back on fire for God. Or you need to do this. Or you need to do that. No, I'm trying to bring you back to the centrality of Jesus and focusing on him and his strength and his power within you to stay in that place of thriving in him so you can go from glory to glory, strength to strength, faith to faith. But, you know, Jesus was saying to the Jews of his day in the Sermon on the Mount, hey, listen, I'm taking this to a whole nother level. You guys can't do this. You need my saving work. That was the purpose of Christ's ministry. He was letting the Jews know who are bound to religion, who are bound to the law. He was letting them know that I'm taking this to a whole nother level. There's no way for you to compete when it comes to the heart. God sees the heart. He's the only one that can change the heart. He was transforming the very mind of the Jews, bringing them to a place of realizing that I am sinful. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, we can't just put on, you know, a nice garment and do our tithes and and pray before man and, you know, do all these things and look righteous on the outside. No, we need a heart transformation. That's what Jesus was preaching to the people of his day so that they knew they needed a savior as well. You know, we need Jesus operating in our hearts to love Jesus. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit wooing us and revealing to us our true identity in Christ and all he's provided for us to walk in victory. So many believers struggle with sin because they're coming at God with this legal paradigm, okay? And they're and they have this old covenant mentality of God and his anger and his wrath, like he's quick to anger and he's quick to 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 wrath. When the word of God even says in the Old Testament that he is slow to anger and and quick in loving kindness and mercy, that is the heart of God. We need to have that reshaped in our minds. Our minds need to be renewed to the reality that we possess the mind of Christ already, that we are washed, that we are righteous, that we are loved, that we are his sons and his daughters in whom he is well pleased that he sees us holy and that we are without blame and spot in Christ Jesus. Now, many people are struggling with pornography, homosexuality, gender, gender confusion, food addiction, alcoholism, drug addiction of all sorts. And because they can't get free or they're struggling in their own power, no matter how hard they try to be free, you know, they, they receive prayer. They may go to inner healing and get counseling sessions and all of this, but they, they still seem to struggle. And so they give up. And they, it winds up keeping confusion on them because if God wants me to be free, then how come I'm not free and how come I am struggling? And they think, well, if God won't set me free, then I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. And they just get off track altogether. If God wanted me to be free, he would have set me free already. This is a wrong mentality. We need to have our hearts grounded in the truth. Talking about renewing the mind um, in regards to the word of God and the scriptures. I'm going to quote some scriptures here that we need to stand on, that need to be cemented within us. And this is just a few verses out of hundreds. But if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. That is John 8, verse 36. Jesus spoke that. If I set you free, guess what? You're free. I don't care what you feel. I don't care what you're experiencing. I don't care what you did. You are free because I set you free. 
And it was, um, this is Galatians 5.1. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep on standing and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. He's saying this was the very purpose of Christ's coming at the incarnation that he would set us free. So you have received freedom, whether you feel it, whether you see it, whether you're experiencing it or not. When we believe this, then we manifest it in our lives. We can't believe what we're, you know, what our senses are telling us. We need to believe what the word of God says. And when, when, that, when that foundation is on the inside of us, we begin to manifest the power of it. And I want to teach an entire episode on the incarnation. And I want to dive deeper because during Christmas I taught on the incarnation. But I want to go even deeper to show you what exactly Christ accomplished for you. To cleanse you from evil from the inside out so you can walk in freedom from death and freedom from sin. So we're going to go into that. But in 2 Corinthians 5.17, the Apostle Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. So your old sinful self has passed away and the new has come. You are literally a new creation. You've come to a different existence in Christ. Now, Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Powerful. You don't even live anymore. It's now Christ in you. And you are living by the very faith of the Son of God. Galatians 5.24, those who belong to Christ Jesus crucified, past tense, crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And now Colossians 3.5, just giving you scripture after scripture, therefore treat the parts of your earthly body as dead to sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, which amounts to idolatry and more. And so, hey, listen, you got to see yourself as God sees you. Jesus Christ finished the job. It is for freedom that he set you free and whom the son sets free is free indeed. Now we need to recognize this reality and as we recognize it and as we treat our earthly body as such that we are already dead to these different you know, mentalities and perversions and corruptions, then we will rise above it in the nature of God. We can walk in the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. We can manifest that to the world around us. We need to have a Christ-centered gospel message. We need to um, keep identifying with Jesus, not identifying with Adam, identifying with the new nature that we've received, that we've been given all things for life and godliness, and we need to stop identifying with the sinful way that was crucified with Christ Jesus. We have a greater Adam. The last Adam is Jesus Christ, and we could literally, in we are in Christ, and we have all the benefits, and we can manifest the very person of the Lord. I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to have a deeper episode on that. But if we identify with sin, then we'll manifest sin. If we focus on even overcoming sin and living right, even though our intentions are good and pure, but if we focus on even overcoming sin and living right, we may perform well for a season just to fall flat on our faces later. We must focus entirely on Jesus Christ. We must turn our heart to who he is, what he has done for us. You know, Martin Luther, the great reformer, said that we have to preach the gospel to ourselves every day because we forget it every day. We need to renew our minds on the reality of the gospel, who Jesus is, what he has done, who he has made us to be through his finished work, and what are we to do today because of who Christ is in us. We need to focus on this as a grace gift from God. Nothing that we can do, we will never be able to boast before God when we see him face to face. Now, many believers have seasons in their life where they're on fire for God and they're trying hard to please him. And when they slip up, they fall right back into that sinful lifestyle, you know, and they do that for extended periods of time. I could name dozens of people right now that I know personally that have experienced this. And hey, at the end of the day, it goes back to how we see God and how we relate with God and where our intimacy is with him. 
Sorry to take a drink of water there um, where our intimacy is with him. But essentially they give up because it's just too hard to maintain. Little do they know God is already pleased with them. They are already the righteousness of God in Christ, holy and spotless before him in love. And they don't need to prove themselves or try to be something they are not. Our truest identity is who Jesus says we are, not what we are doing in the moment. Proverbs 24, 16 says, for a righteous person may fall seven times, but he rises again and the wicked stumble in a time of disaster. So a righteous person may fall seven times or more and get up again. All right. That's what we need to do. We may slip up, but when you sin, you press the restart button. You say, I'm sorry, Lord. You, you, you press the restart button and you move on like it never happened because Jesus died for your sins, past, present, and future. All right. So there is a measure of relationship where you're saying, God, forgive me. And he already has forgiven you through his son, Jesus. But at the same time, when you hurt somebody, like let's just say you're a son or a daughter and you have a father and your father, he's, he's a good dad. He's a loving dad. He doesn't hold your sins against you, but you did something wrong to your father. You did something behind your father's back. You know that as you approach him, he's already forgiven you. But because you have a relationship with him, you come to him and you express your, your sorrow and your pain over what you have done. And it gives your father, in that moment, the opportunity to lavish forgiveness, love, and grace upon you. You don't ask for forgiveness so that God can forgive you because you're already forgiven in Jesus Christ, but you come to him in a relational sense to say, I'm sorry, dad. I love you. I, I violated our relationship. I, I did something that does not reflect our relationship well. I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry, father. And then he, you give him the opportunity through that intimate moment of communing and fellowship. You give him the opportunity to pour love and grace and forgiveness on you to rid you of an evil conscience. And so this is, you know, there's a, there's a, someone I knew in, in Bible school who loved God, was on fire for the Lord. But then over time, you know, she just posted on Facebook. I haven't talked to her in years, but she posted on Facebook that she's now full blown in her lesbian lifestyle because she tried out Jesus. That didn't work. She tried out therapy. That didn't work. She tried a lot of things and that didn't work. And hear my heart. I do not want to say that, you know, this person is evil or, or wrong and that their struggle isn't real. No, the struggle is real. I feel bad that her entire life she was trying to grapple with this reality to figure out who she is and trying all these different avenues. But this is what happens to people when they struggle and they can't get free. And then we don't supply as as the body of Christ. We're supposed to. Jesus is the solution. And so as the body of Christ, we do not know how to handle that person. We need to know how to handle that person. We can't give people to do's, you know, do this and do that and you'll be free. We can't just send somebody to a counselor and hope they get better. We, we can't just say, well, you got to be on fire for God. You got to read your Bible. You got to pray. You got to have someone lay hands on you. We can't do that. We need to ground people in the simplicity and the beauty of Jesus. And we need to encourage them and love on them like Jesus would. We need to walk them through this life as a body. We need to do better at this. And that's why I'm no, conviction runs through my blood when I'm talking about this, because we need to do it better. And so this is one way that people lose their first love. It's the struggle with sin. I've got great news for you that the sin battle is over. Jesus didn't just die for forgiveness of sins. He died to set you free from the very power of sin. He set you free from death so that you could walk in immortality. You'd be clothed with the Lord Jesus and be with him in heaven. There is a full redemption that took place in Christ. And as we believe that, we reject the lies of religion. We reject the criticism and the judgmentalism of others. And we just open up to loving godly people who are spiritual, the word of God says. If you have sinned, go to those who are spiritual, those who are filled with love. That is what being spiritual 
Spiritual is all about being filled with love and the mercy of Christ and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And so go to those individuals. And as you confess your sins and receive prayer, you shall be made whole, like it says in the book of James. And so keep coming to the Lord. Do not give up. You are forgiven. You are loved. I have good news. You are free, whether you feel it or not, whether you're experiencing it or not. See your sin on that cross, dying with Christ, being relinquished of all its power and authority over your life. Jesus triumphed over the enemy and all of the foul spirits that are trying to haunt you and lie to you, and you have victory through the Son, Jesus Christ. And so get get around loving believers that will cheer you on, not tear you down, and just receive the purity of the gospel and let the Lord love on you. There is hope for you. Do not give up. Do not let the lies of the enemy um, the judgmentalism of believers who aren't Christ-centered, that are more legalistic in nature, do not let them tear you down and say that you are bad. Why are you struggling? Who, you know, who are you? you know, we do not identify with our struggles. We identify with Christ and his obedient work and what he accomplished for us. And so bless you guys. I hope you were encouraged by this. If you know someone who struggles, if you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share this with them so they can be encouraged and they can be strengthened today by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be encouraged and awakened by the gospel. And we are this year hammering, hammering, hammering the finished work of Christ, the reality of who God is and who Jesus is, his nature, his work, because we need to hammer this reality in this time and this hour so we could be the bride of Christ, the pure bride of Christ, you know, in these days, in this essential time. And so bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you next time on Awakened Podcast. Hello, let me tell you about this amazing online store, The Hope Filled Journey. You'll definitely want to check it out today. Michelle and Renee Torres, they started up this online store in obedience to the Holy Spirit in the midst of a crazy year, like we all know, uh, full-time jobs, raising four children, and they stepped out in faith, and God is honoring them every step of the way. You go to www.thehopevilledjourney.com. It's where you'll find extraordinary products, clothes, fashion accessories, jewelry, and more. Their goal is to inspire faith through their product line as well as high quality and all they do and produce, which we know is very, very important. Um, check it out today, thehopefilledjourney.com, and you'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more. And you'll also get $20 off of your purchase if you spend $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. So go to www.thehopefilledjourney.com. You'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more, and you'll get $20 off if, with, with a purchase of $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. I highly recommend it. It's an incredible store, so make sure to go to thehopefilledjourney.com today. Today.